Hello and welcome to Reality Roots Podcast with me, your host, Hillary. I'm just a heads up, I'm trying to record this a little bit earlier than I normally do, so I'm hoping that goes well. Um, but it might get a little bit um jumbled. Like I might have to do some today and some a little bit later, so if it is just disjointed then I apologize that being said I'm I'm actually kind of excited (laughs) I'm always excited but I'm extra excited to talk about this episode also um I'll probably say it at the end of the episode as well but I am on Facebook now as promised it is under reality roots pod I set it up as a profile instead of a group. I don't know if that was really the correct thing to do because I really have not engaged on Facebook in many a year. (laughs) So, uh, any help, any suggestions, even as far as that goes, uh, that would really help me out. Also, if you're here because you saw something I posted and you were wondering what that was about, or what this is all about, then super extra welcome to you. I'm glad you found me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Let's get into this week's episode. We went back to Jerry Springer. This is an episode from 2000. It is called Shameless Love Affairs. I... I want to preface this by saying Jerry Springer is kind of like a weird one to recap for me because Jerry Springer is very much in on the joke. I think he got in on the joke real early and has stayed in on the joke and the production is very much, you know, uh, Jerry Springer knows what movie he's in. (laughs) All his production team knows what movie they're on board for. So it's just, it's, it just makes it a little bit weird to make fun of because I, again, like they're in on the joke. So I don't know, (laughs) um, if it's quite as funny to like make fun of, but actually I did find a lot more than I thought I would (laughs) to talk about that being said. So, uh, the other thing is, I guess I'll say up front, I'm not really sure, to be honest. It's kind of always this mysterious gray area. Like, I know there's have always been rumors that the people on Jerry Springer are actors. I really don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> like, the thing is, yeah, maybe they're actors. Maybe it's just people, like, creating situations for the joy of being featured on television Maybe it's real people. I know I've met a lot of crazies (laughs) in my life where I will always keep that in the back of my mind. Even if I do think they're actors, like there are some really batshit crazy people out there, guys. I don't know if you've met them too, but there are people that are crazy enough to come on here and like be their true selves no matter how ugly it is to us. So I don't know. I have a suspicion that maybe like the first group that we see and that we're going to talk about might be actors. Like if, if I believe that Jerry Springer hired actors and that there are actors in every episode, then I would say probably the first case is acted and the rest of them are real but the first case might also be real. I don't know. That's, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. The f- I think the other ones are. It's just the first one, I guess, I have a question mark. And honestly, I probably wouldn't have a question mark unless I was already aware of the rumors that uh, it's not true. But just like re- all reality TV, I guess we all have to think of it as like a heightened reality and kind of process it at face value. The episode starts like it is WWE. <laughs> like it's it's very like you can tell they're hyping up the audience. The audience is hyped. We see PAs like fake doing things, like talking on phones, and then he pass like 
There's a guy at one point talking on a phone, like an old phone, like a landline corded phone. Even in 2000, I know cell phones weren't, I mean, people had cell phones in 2000, but obviously not smartphones and I don't know, but there were... There were portable phones also, uh, but this is like a corded phone, but it's obviously not connected to anything. And there's a PA like fake talking into it. And then he passes it to another fake P or sorry, it probably is a real PA, but hands it to another PA who's holding already a fake phone. And now he has two fake phones. <laughs> well, they're real phones are just not connected to anything. He's got one up to each ear. It's all like Oh, the show's starting. Oh, we gotta get all our stuff ready. Ah, phone's ringing. Ah, like, it's very obviously acted. Uh, a PA also manually spins the giant fan. Like, if you are familiar with the Jerry Springer set, there's, like, a really big fan in, I don't know what you call it, the background. <laughs> if I was gonna call it a play, I guess I'd call it a background. Uh, but there's like a big fan piece that's part of that. So we see the PA manually spinning it and there's a voiceover that's like, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome the eighth wonder of the world, Jerry Springer. The audience goes crazy. This would be the best show I think to be in the audience for like Jerry, not this episode specifically, but Jerry Springer in general, like I said, they, they know what show they're doing <laughs> and they know how to play it up and get you really hyped. I mean, that's what we're, that it's not, I see why they have, why there are similarities, similarities between this and WWE. It's, uh, I don't know. It's all panto, right? So first up, <laughs> we meet Amy. Amy looks like the prettiest girl in jail. <laughs> jail. Um, we find out later that she did go to jail. So that <laughs> that adds up. I'm pretty sure I made this. Oh, no, I guess I wouldn't have made that note before. But um, yeah, Amy looks like the prettiest girl in jail. She has blonde hair. It looks like it. I don't know if it has pink in it. It's like, It might just be the recording. It looked kind of pinkish close to the bottom. But she's got like really dark eyebrows. But I I like how her hair is styled. I don't know if the show did that, but it's styled nicely. She also got on this like super dark lipstick and a long black dress. I actually like the dress too. I don't know if it's a Jerry Springer dress, but I thought it was cute. It didn't look that expensive, but it looked cute. Amy, Amy, I don't know what the timeline is here. Amy says they've, Amy's been married for nine months. But her husband has been living with a mistress for seven of those months. <laughs> so, I, okay. Jerry's like, Amy, what's going on? And Amy comes in real hot. She's like, my husband lives with a whore and I'm about to beep her to a bloody pulp. And I, I really wasn't sure what was bleeped. I think it must have been beat. And it's just like, obviously beat isn't a bad word. It just got bleeped. Because she was threatening somebody else's safety. <laughs> and maybe the show didn't want the liability for that. I feel like we could do a little bit more root cause analysis on that, Jerry Springer. But then, of course, the show would probably fall apart. So I I guess I understand that. It must have been beat. I don't know what else would end. I'm about to bleep her to a bloody pulp. I don't see a swear that fits there. Uh, the audience loses it. Amy, pretty much through the whole time that we see her, but it does increase as we go forward, <laughs> I'd say. Amy has like a resting bulldog face. Like she just looks like a, she looks grumpy. Jerry jokes about living with pulp because he's like, <laughs> I guess she's like, my husband lives with a whore and I'm going to beat her to a bloody pulp. And he's like, oh, I don't know what it'd be like to live with a pulp. <laughs> Just like, I don't know. Jerry's kind of, I don't know. He's doing his job, <laughs> lightening it all up for us. Uh, Jerry asks the obvious question, well, why do you want to be with him? <laughs> like if he's with somebody else. And Amy says it's because she's been with him for three years and she's not going to give up on him that easy. 
And Jerry asks, what does he say about this other woman? Amy says that he says he loves her and all that, but she's a joke. He's cheated on me before, but he always comes back. At which point I'm like, why are we here? Like, this is obviously not gonna happen. I feel like Amy, from here, from this moment, I was like, no, Amy, I don't think this is gonna work out for you. Jerry is like, well, wouldn't it make more sense to be married to someone who actually loves you? And then Amy brings up, I guess she's like, well, this is her anchor, I guess, that she'll always keep coming back to no matter how much this guy rejects her. She's like, but we have a son together and he's going to be a father. Amy, that's different though than being with you. Like he could be a father and not be with you. That is like almost too obvious to say. I don't know what level Amy is processing things on though. So uh, they set up this video that we're going to watch, which was probably the most entertaining part of this episode. Amy's like, well, he was coming over to see me. So I invited the show, invited y'all so we could all see, quote, how much I give up for him. You ready? Are you guys ready to see how much she gives up for him? This video, there are obviously camera men that Jerry Springer sent in for this, but it you wouldn't really know that like from just watching the video because it's so dark. Like, do cameras not come with lights? I don't know what they're using for this. It is as much as Jerry took the time to send cameramen, I'm pretty sure he sent them with like a handheld JVC based on the quality. Every uh, to be fair, it, there's it looks like there's a lot of like candlelight happening, so maybe that's why. Amy has set up like a romantic type of setting, I guess. Thus, all the candlelight. So she walks us through this little table that she's got set up. It's got some candles on it. They didn't really, I, I was going to write tea lights, but they didn't really look like tea lights. They looked like they were kind of red and green. And I see a lot of, they were still smaller, not as small as a tea light, but there was a lot of red and green, or sorry, there was a lot of Christmas decor around. So I guess this probably happened around Christmas. Sure. I also, she also, Amy doesn't seem like the type to have cleaned up anything. So it could just as well be July. <laughs> I guess I can't really base it, base it on the timeliness of her decorations. Uh, she has set out, uh, there's a plate with saltines and a cheese ball. And there's like some saltines, I think like sticking out of the cheese ball. Not in a nice way. It's kind of weird that she took the time to do that, but then just left it looking like shit. Like they're just jammed in there like a like a child put saltines in the cheese ball. She's like, I got some cupcakes, but then when I saw them, I was like, hmm, those are just hostess cupcakes. Like you had to take those out of plastic. They're like just the regular chocolate cupcakes with like from hostess with the little white squiggly on the top. We've, I mean, I think they've been out for sixty years. We must all know what those look like. She also has Slim Jims, sardines, Marlboros, alcohol, I think wine, and a cockroach. <laughs> all of this on the table. Like, as I was watching, I saw this cockroach crawl out, and I was like, oh, please be a fly, please be a fly, please be a fly. And then she's like, oh, no, roach, get off. She doesn't even kill the roach. She just like flicks it off the table. Oh, it made me want to throw up. The audience, by the way, is, the audience sees all of this. Everything that I'm describing, the audience's reactions are very aware of how gross this is. Amy's like, all this was expensive. So I tried to estimate myself in Canadian dollars, I guess. Obviously, she lives in a different time and place, but I tried to put it... I tried to do a little little estimate of what this costs. Uh, I have, like, $2 for saltines, maybe, like, a $10, $10 for a cheese ball. It depends on the cheese ball. I'm going to say $5 for cupcakes. I'm kind of counting... It's probably less than that, though, right? I don't know. 
I don't really buy those kind of cupcakes. And I don't know if for divide, you know, maybe they were like for her kids or something. And then she just used the one package on this table. So it's hard to, hard to really give a, a per cup or a, a total on that, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Slim Jim's same thing. I don't really know how much. I've never even seen a Slim Jim in my life. Maybe $10. <laughs> it's a banana, Michael. How much could it cost? $10? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, five, $5 for sardines? Maybe? I have $10 for Marlboro's, but I it was probably cheaper than that. And I have $10 for wine, and it was probably cheaper for that too. And I have also written down cockroach. Priceless. <laughs> It really was. This leads me to a total of $52. I feel like that's a big max though. It could have easily been $30. I guess it's still expensive if you don't have $30. I'm not, I understand that. Uh, this apartment that she's in also, like, it looks tiny. It looks really small, like, um, studio, studio apartment at best. Really small studio apartment. Um, this guy shows up he's confused he doesn't come in like oh hey baby like he comes in like oh (laughs) oh why are these cameras here and like immediately they're fighting back and forth it seems like he just came to get his stuff uh the camera guy throws super shade without saying anything by not even showing us them fighting instead the camera is showing us (laughs) close up on the table where a dog is now eating the cheese ball completely uninterrupted not really eating so much as like licking the cheese ball no one notices (laughs) well the camera guy notices he's here for it uh the guy I wrote guy because we don't even find out his name for a long time so I have a lot of notes that just say guy I think we do get there oh my gosh Jimmy. Jimmy. So Jimmy is like, what is all this crap about the table that she set up? And she's like, it's not crap. It's nice shit. And it was expensive. And then she eats a cracker and the audience simultaneously vomits. Ugh, the dog and the roach. Like, it just seems very unsanitary. She offers... Jimmy a Slim Jim and insists that he loves Slim Jims but he's like I fucking hate Slim Jims (laughs) and then eventually she gives up on the food and she's like well if you're not in the into the food maybe there's something else you might like and she picks up a feather and does like a sexy feather thing movement I guess and this guy is like get me the fuck out of here no it's nasty you're nasty I don't like you I just want to pick up my stuff and go Jimmy if like we've seen at this point maybe like two to three minutes of footage from this house and we've already seen a cockroach so maybe just leave your shit there because honestly otherwise you're just gonna bring roaches to wherever you're staying now and you know what just leave them with Amy I think I think they have a nice home there. Uh, Now, it kind of turns for me. Like, it gets into kind of like a physical, like a, well, like a domestic abuse situation in a way that I didn't love. I felt like if the genders were reversed, there would have been a much different tone here she like he's trying to leave he's like I just want my stuff and I want to get out of here and she's like physically stopping him from leaving and then she takes his clothes and throws them in the fire and if you're wondering where the fire came from same (laughs) I really couldn't tell at first I was like they have a fireplace like why are they in the shittiest apartment with a fireplace like is that for their heating it just it it didn't it looked like just a little box with like a fire in it. And then on the rewatch, I was like, is it a furnace? Like, is it a furnace in the middle of her room? Because it didn't even look like it was in the wall. Like it, it looked like its own unit in the middle of the room. And then she starts referring, like Amy starts referring to it as a house. 
It, it, the fire was very confusing to me. I don't know where it came from. He, the Jimmy, tries pulling out the on-fire clothes <laughs> from the fire. Obviously, it's ruined because it's on fire. So why did you, why did you even bother? And he's like, oh, you're going to have to replace it. Jimmy, don't hold your breath. <laughs> don't think that's going to happen. Amy's like, you'll get it. Oh my gosh, this was funny. Amy's like, you'll get it back when you give me back what you took from me. And the guy's like, what the fuck did I take from you? What are you talking about? She's like, my heart, my family. <laughs> what? <laughs> Amy, you're going to give him his clothes back when he gives you your heart and your family back. Okay. Uh, the guy's like, you don't have a heart. And then Amy's like, I bet I do. <laughs> like, I, I guess. Like, I mean, you're walking around breathing. Like, I don't know. It's so, it's just a crazy fight. Like, it's, it's a crazy fight. Also, I want to know if it's safe to burn clothes in a furnace. Like, aren't most furnaces gas? Can, I don't think... They're supposed to have, like, ashes in them. I don't know. Now Jimmy strips and starts throwing all his shit in the fire. And he's like, I'm going and I'm never coming back. And now Amy starts to use her kid as leverage and chase him down the street. And he's gone. He's like, I don't care about you. I don't like you. Give it up. I would really like to interview the neighbors. Because if this is happening all the time, I bet the neighbors have some fucking crazy stories about fights that they would... If I were their neighbor, I would just literally have popcorn and be looking out the window. Being like, hmm, trouble in paradise. We're gonna go back... Oh, we well, we come out of the video. Um, but then Jerry throws to commercial right away. When we come back, Jerry talks about the video... And he says, again, the obvious thing. It seems like Jimmy doesn't want to be with Amy at all. Definitely doesn't seem like he loves her. Like, how would you ever be happy together? Okay, what's this? And then he says, okay, what's this other girl's name? Uh, Lisa. Says Amy. And Amy confirms for Jerry that she doesn't like Lisa. No shit. I bet Amy doesn't like a lot of people. (laughs) Vis-a-vis most people. Lisa is wearing a sheer patterned red blouse over a black tank top. She does have a similar look as Amy does. Like, she has blonde hair and dark eyebrows, and her face is, I guess, a little bit similar. Lisa comes out and just messes up the timeline so much. Like, it's so confusing. Lisa says that the marriage was over long before we got together, but they've only been married for like nine months. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I was like, okay, so they got married nine months ago. And then within two months they broke up and he's been living with Lisa for the last seven months. But I don't know about like long before. Because they only got married nine months ago. And she's been with him for seven months. So I don't know. I don't, it just it didn't seem like enough time there to say that anything happened long before anything and then Lisa says they were broken up for a year before she came into the picture but again they only got married nine months ago so it just I have no idea what they're talking about I guess they know Uh, and they just start fighting (laughs) cat fight Steve Wilkos is here I liked that it made me happy to see Steve Wilkos I like Steve Wilkos uh, he's like standing with Amy trying not to laugh. <laughs> Basically like he's like he breaks up the fight and then he's kind of standing with like one hand on Amy and not on her but like just touching her. Not in a weird way just to make sure that she doesn't like fight. Amy says that Lisa dyed her hair to look like Amy. Like she's like, yeah, yeah, that's why you dyed your hair to look like me. And then Lisa's like, why would I want to look like a whore? <laughs> and then Amy's like, look at you. Which doesn't even, I don't know if that made sense. But Steve is like, I don't know. He looks like he's maybe has something in his eye. 
like tears of laughter. <laughs> so stupid. Lisa says that Jimmy hates Amy. Amy says Lisa doesn't know what he says to her when Lisa's not around. And Lisa, like, has... <laughs> I really like this because Lisa was very direct. Like, she calls her right out. She's like, okay, well, what does he say to you then? And Amy just sits in silence. And then Lisa goes further. And she's like, when are you even alone together for him to say anything to you? Like, that never happens. Amy's just silent. Amy should get better at lying like maybe for her own sake because it seems like when she doesn't have an answer for something she just like shuts down i guess lisa says she knows when they were together alone like amy comes up with something i guess like two months ago something something lisa's like yeah i know about that it's two months ago when he left but he didn't leave for amy he left for their son and i guess amy and jimmy fucked during that period again the timeline is a fucking mess like i i really cannot <laughs> wrap my head around it and then lisa says he cried i don't even i couldn't really figure out the context for that and then amy's like well he wasn't crying when we were fucking <laughs> lisa's like well he told me that he loves me and can't be with no Lisa says, sorry, it's so confusing with the pronouns in here. There's too many hymns and hers. Lisa says that Jimmy told Amy that he loves Lisa and can't be with Amy and that Amy was fine with it at that time. She told him to go be with Lisa and she even called from a payphone to try to like get them back together. And then Amy... <laughs> To clarify for us of what the fuck this, what, what is this? Amy's like, yeah, but that was four days later. Okay. And then Lisa's like, so who has he been living with for the past seven months? Amy doesn't have an answer for that either. <laughs> but she does say, well, yeah, because you sleep with him seven times a day. <laughs> because you're such a whore. <laughs> okay. I don't think that makes you a whore. If you're sleeping with one guy seven times a day. Also, I wonder if Amy meant to say seven days per week. Because seven times a day seems like a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very sex positive. But seven times a day seems like exhausting. It seems like a full-time job. Amy needs to work on her comebacks and her insults. Because I don't, I don't know. We hear the word whore a lot. But it goes both ways. Lisa says that a few nights ago, Amy was bragging about how many guys she's fucked and also said she went down on a girl. Of scandalo. That actually would make you a whore. Sorry, I got a bit interrupted there, but I did want to just clarify that, like, I don't really care for the word whore myself. Definitely not in this context. I'm just saying that if we have two people in front of us, one person who sleeps with their partners, the same partner, seven times a day and no one else, and we have another person bragging about how many people they've slept with, and they're including men and women in that. Again, I don't really care who you're sleeping with, but <laughs> if those are the choices in front of me and we have to label one of them as a whore... I think we go with the second one. <laughs> I don't think that should be controversial. Lisa's like, Lisa tells Amy, you know you're dirty. You treated him very badly. Amy says he was gone all the time. Lisa's like, and what were you doing? And Amy's like, cleaning his house. Bullshit on that, Amy. There's no fucking way. <laughs> I saw that house. It was disgusting. And you've only been married nine months. And it looks like it hasn't been clean in more than nine months. So I don't think that's true. Lisa says Amy's making herself look so good. And if everybody only knew how much of a whore she was. But I didn't feel like Amy's... I don't think Amy's been making herself look good even one time <laughs> even in what even one point i don't think amy scored a single point in this whole game now the whole audience chants 
whore, 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 whore. And then Jerry's like, how else can you get on our show? And the whole audience chants, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. What a fun time. I feel like this must have been a fun day for the audience members. Lisa now tells us that Amy and Jimmy got married at the Department of Sanitation by a garbage man. Question, is that legally binding? Next question, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you talking about? A three, of course they did, of course. (laughs) It's perfect symbolism for a garbage marriage to get married at the Department of Garbage by a garbage man. Makes sense. I think Amy denies this, but then Lisa says that she doesn't believe a word out of Amy's whore mouth. (laughs) And we cut to commercial. Amy looks pissed. Her resting bulldog face is just... The creases in that bulldog mouth are just getting deeper and deeper. When we come back from the commercial, now we have a third chair between the two women. And Steve is standing guard behind it. Just in case things escalate again. Jerry asks Amy if this guy, he's like, does he ever give her any indication that he wants to be with her? And Amy says, how he acts with our son, yeah. And Jerry's like, no, but that's not you. Like, what about how he acts with you? And Amy's like, no, no, no. I mean, like, how he acts with me when he's with our son. Which probably just makes him a regular dad, right? Like, I'm sure he's not going in there, like, calling her a whore or whore mouth in front of their son. Not that people don't, but... I guess I'm glad to hear he doesn't. Lisa says that when she's gone to visitation, he doesn't talk to Amy at all. And Amy's like, yeah, it's because you're there. But when we're alone, it's different. <laughs> Lisa says he treats her the same way, whether she's there or not. And mostly I think Lisa's probably telling the truth, but I, she, you'd never be able to know that. Like You can never speak to how somebody acts when you're specifically not around we have a little cat fight breaks out and they're like let's bring out jimmy (laughs) jimmy guess what jimmy calls amy guess okay did you guess uh worthless whore (laughs) jimmy very 2000s jimmy has like dyed blonde hair but it's orangey like it has that orange feel to it like a box dye i feel like he should have used bleach or more bleach, maybe, than he used. Jimmy says he just wants Amy to leave him alone. He says he can't even go to his mom's house because she's living there. So that trash pile house slash apartment was actually his mom's house. Now I'm kind of thinking that the fireplace slash furnace, like, I think maybe she's living in the basement of his mom's house or like the furnace room of his mom's house I swear she she must only have just that one room it looked so small and I also want to know <laughs> please someone tell me I don't know how I would ever know this but I really want to know if the roaches are specifically present in Amy's part of the house or if it's the whole house that's disgusting Amy's says like I don't know she goes to Jimmy she's like your whole family wants us to be together and Jimmy's like I don't give a fuck like I don't care I don't want to be with you like must be Amy he's just not into you he keeps saying it we have a lot of yelling back and forth now Jimmy accuses Amy of trying to seduce his brother Amy accuses Jimmy of Pouring around with the 16-year-old down their street. Who knows what is true. Jimmy gets into a fight with an audience member, but there, honestly, there's way too much bleeping to really be able to tell why. And then Steve gives Jimmy, like, a stern talking to, but he's not really mic'd up, so we, I basically, he's like, don't get into it with the audience members. Probably because they're not insured for that. <laughs> Steve just showed more concern for that one person in the audience than for anyone. 
Jerry tries to like summarize for us so that we can wrap this. I Jerry, that's kind of Jerry's MO is that the he'll let all this like <laughs> just foolishness and nonsense go on, and then he'll be like, okay, so to wrap this up, <laughs> try to try to figure out where we are here at the end. He confirms with Jimmy that Jimmy does not want to be with Amy. That we I think we're all good on that. He asks Amy what she wants to say because obviously, like, it's not working. Amy says, we're not done. (laughs) Jimmy's like, yeah, we are. Amy says, no, we're not. (laughs) Jimmy says, no, I'm not sleeping with no whore. And Amy says, you already are. (laughs) Which is Amy's first burn point (laughs) against Lisa. That was actually kind of funny. Jerry gives Amy an opportunity to do like a last appeal to Jimmy. She starts out with, if you want to ruin our whole family over a whore, Jimmy's like, we ain't got no family. And Amy's like, then what's our son? A son does not make a family, Amy. It's not the same. Jimmy's like, it's my son. So a bit of a back and forth. Nothing... Nothing really gets resolved, but I think what happens is in this interchange is Jimmy's like, it's my son. And then Amy's like, and he accuses him of not being there for the birth. Like she's like, you weren't even there for the birth. And then he's like, you gave birth in jail. So like, how is it? Like, he doesn't even ask. I don't think he even asked a question. I think he just screams like, you gave birth in jail. And they're like, is that true, Amy? Like, what are you, you can't be mad at someone for not being there for the birth if you did it in, in prison. And then Lisa, Lisa <laughs> says that Amy spent most of their marriage in prison. Again, what the fuck is this timeline? Like, I just don't understand how we cram so many events into nine months. And so many of the events are like, you spent most of the time in jail. You were living most of the time here. They've been broken up for ages. Like, I just don't understand any of this timeline, but I guess that's interesting. Jimmy. Okay, also, Amy, like, yeah, you can't. It really doesn't matter who he was sleeping with while you were giving birth if you were in jail at the time. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, so basically Jimmy is going to be with Lisa and not with Amy and Amy's doesn't believe it. And Lisa says she's not a stupid bitch like Amy. <laughs> that makes sense to anyone. Great. Uh, commercial break. Next up again. I feel like that was most of my notes because the rest of like, these are, it's just straightforward. Like even, even for Jerry Springer, even though, Basically, this, like, I'm cheating on my boyfriend thing is, like, Jerry Springer's bread and butter. There's just only so many ways to, like, package that, (laughs) right? And deliver it to us. I never even saw how this person's name was written, but I swear they wrote Kiva. So next up, we have Kiva. And every time I read that in my head, I want to say Kifa from Teen Mom, but I think it was Kiva. Kiva is in what I thought was a really weird choice of outfit. It's like, it's like a black blazer with a, I think a leopard print lapel and the buttons are also in leopard print. It might be an ocelot print. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not really, one time, one time, uh, What's her name? I almost said Aquafina. It's not Aquafina. Oh, Lord. I feel old. One of the people who won RuPaul's Drag Race, who I can picture vividly in my mind, but whose name is not coming to me right now. At one point, they made a really big deal out of something she was wearing, that it was an ocelot print, and she matched it with some other prints, (laughs) which the Drag Race judges really liked. And ever since then, if I ever see leopard print, I'm like, is it Ocelot? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just me trying to be fancy. And then one time, this is a, this is a little sidebar here, but uh, one time I 
had just started at a company and one of the girls was wearing like not even one of the, it was like my manager of sorts we'll say and they were wearing this like animal print he was a shirt and somebody next to me was like oh that's like a nice shirt and she was like oh thanks um and then me Hillary was like oh is it ocelot and she was like no it didn't cost a lot and I was like oh, fuck. and I didn't want to like I felt like it would be douchey of me to be like actually I said ocelot it's a type of print so I just let it go but then afterwards I was like fuck that's if you did ask if like if you think that I asked if it cost a lot that's a weird thing to say and I just felt like an idiot and I didn't feel like I had a way to correct that so anyway that's my sidebar vis-a-vis ocelot print so she's got on this huge huge black blazer by the way with this print uh printed printed you know what I mean leopard slash ocelot print lapel and buttons but then she's got a high ponytail where like the front part is so slicked back like like no flyaways slicked back and she's wearing glasses and almost no makeup I just feel like it's a weird I feel like there were a lot of choices happening there and I I don't think I understood any of them well you know what it is I think later we find out she has five kids so probably this is I don't know like the best you can manage while also momming five kids jerry's like kiva what's up kiva says she's tired of this and jerry with his little dad joke cutaway is like oh you need a nap (laughs) and i laughed because you know it's jerry kiva is cheating on her boyfriend slash baby daddy because Quote, he's not taking care of his responsibilities. She says she has four other kids by other men, and she's tired of, uh, quote, being out of pocket, which is different now. In 2023, I feel like I use that differently than I did, even me, in, you know, 23 years ago. She means, like, monetarily out of pocket. Like, (laughs) she is paying for all his shit, and he's just sitting at home watching TV. Jerry was like, so you think that other, like, sleeping with other people is going to make him more responsible? (laughs) Her boyfriend's name is Popeye, by the way. The other man, not Popeye, is James. And she's known him for seven years, and they also share a child. She says she loves Popeye, but she's in love with James. Popeye was outside the studio while she said all this, so he wouldn't hear it, I guess. So now he comes out. And she gives him a big hug. They're like, oh, tell me about Kiva. Popeye says he loves her to death with all his heart and soul. Yikes. (laughs) Popeye, you're going to regret that. Kiva says straight up, she just turns to him, she's like, I brought you on this show to tell you I'm cheating on you. I really like it when people are blown. There's no good way. What a, what could she say? Like, there's no good way to say this. Popeye looks genuinely hurt. Kiva, now in like a weepy, warbly type of voice, but I don't see any tears out of her. But she says it like her voice is crying. She says, I'm cheating on you because you don't take care of your responsibilities. And I think that's bullshit because that's not a reason you cheat on someone. Maybe that's a reason why you don't feel bad about it, but I think if you cheat on someone, it's because you wanted to fuck someone else. <laughs> I think, I think that's it. I don't, I don't think it's because somebody's not taking care of their responsibilities. That's not the only reason. Popeye agrees with me, obviously, because he's like, that's just an excuse. And then, she, yeah, she like he. <sighs> how do we get here? He's like. Okay, I'm not, I'm, uh, like, I'm disabled. I guess that's why he's not paying for things. He's like, I'm disabled. Like, I have a problem with my shoulder. And Kiva starts yelling at him. Like, she stands up and starts yelling at him. And that goes on until Popeye asks who the other man is. And then she quickly shuts up and sits down. (laughs) Does not answer him. 
So Jerry helps out. He's like, here comes James. <laughs> Just drop that bomb on Popeye. James is wearing a light green dress shirt that is not notable, but his tie is hideous. It, I think it's, a, I don't know. At first I thought it was supposed to be like a peacock feather type pattern, but honestly it looks like avocados cut in half and once I saw that I really couldn't see anything else on his on his tie at all other than avocado halves he hugs Kiva and then Popeye stands up like he's like he's gonna fight James I don't know there's a lot of yelling and bleeping the audience starts chanting Popeye 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 Obviously, these people must all know each other, right? Like, because they both have kids with her. So I can't imagine that this is the first time that they met. James says he's loved her for seven years. And then, 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 blah, blah, blah. More fighting. More chanting of Popeye. Steve is still here. More fighting. <laughs> this is the part where it's like, I was worried the whole episode was going to be this. Because it's just not, it's going to be real short if I'm just like, more fighting. We're fighting, and then they yell, but we can't understand them, and then they fight. (laughs) It's just, it is what it is, I guess. Jerry calms everything down, and then James starts yelling at Kiva, (laughs) which is like, I don't know, I don't know. He says, like, you have to choose one or the other, basically. I guess he's tired of being the other man. And now James and Kiva are yelling at each other. <laughs> Not even totally sure why. Kiva says James is a deadbeat too. Which really, really upsets the narrative that she was trying to sell us about why she's cheating on Popeye with James. Because she told us that Popeye wasn't taking care of his responsibilities and that's why she slept with James. But now she's telling us that James is also a bit of a deadbeat. Which is, yeah, just proves my point that that's not why you cheat. Kiva tells Popeye that she's leaving with James today. Basically, that's it. (laughs) Wrap that up. I mean, that's basically what she said in the first sentence, right? We could have wrapped this up in like three sentences. I'm cheating on you. I don't want to be with you. I'm going to be with James. Done. (laughs) Next up, (laughs) Christina. Christina, okay, the first time I watched, I was like, whoa, Christina really looks like Ashley Tisdale. And then on the rewatch, I was like, no, there's something else there. And I was like, I think, I think it's Hillary Duff, maybe. Like if Ashley Tisdale and Hillary Duff merged together. But it still wasn't quite right to me. I had to really think. And then I had to imagine, because I was like, it just looks like she's about to be a bitch. Like, you know, <laughs> in a real high school way. Like whatever she was giving me, I was like, high school bitch. And then it hit me. I was like, I know exactly who this girl looks like. She looks like a doppelganger of Summer from Napoleon Dynamite. I don't know what the actress's name is. Don't. Don't ask me because I don't know. But that is exactly what she looks like. Just like Summer if Summer was grown up a bit and also six months pregnant. Christina's six and a half months pregnant, by the way. And her tits are huge. This other girl like she's telling Christina's telling us this that this other girl thinks they're together like not again the pronouns in this gets so confusing Christina says the other girl thinks that like other girl and this guy (laughs) Carrie okay it's it's Heather and Carrie okay so Heather thinks that Heather and Carrie are a couple and Carrie moved Heather in but Heather doesn't know that Carrie and Christina are still sleeping together. I really like the name Carrie for a guy, by the way. Christina is here today to tell Heather that he's coming home with me. He apparently... Okay, Carrie... Oh no, I thought Carrie was going to come home. But by the way, Carrie has only been with Heather for a month and a half. So pretty low stakes, guys. Here comes Heather. Heather looks confused and like vaguely masculine. Not, I don't know. I don't know what even to say about that. Just a vaguely masculine energy. Heather says... 
that Carrie tells her that he doesn't love Christina. We have a lot of back and forth and a lot of timelines. Honestly, it just sounds like Carrie has been sleeping with both of them for the whole time. <laughs> he's known Heather, at least. It also sounds like he's just been telling them both that he loves them and not the other one and has just been basically playing both of them. <laughs> we got a little shot of Jerry who has his hand in front of his mouth like he's all shocked. He looks like that meme. I don't know if you know the one. I'm, I'm always talking about memes. It's not a visual medium that I'm doing here, though. He just looks like, oh, no. <laughs> surprised, but not surprised. Carrie comes out, like, kind of waving and gesturing at the audience. Like, he takes on this really antagonistic approach to the audience, who I don't, I don't really know why. I did see an audience member throw up, like, the L fingers at him, which was funny. Christina tells Carrie that he's got to tell Heather he's going to be with Christina. And Carrie is just sitting in the middle in silence, not sure what to say. Like, you know what I mean? Because then Heather says something. He's like, no, he's going to be with me. And he's just like, oh. And then when he does start talking, he just fully talks out of both sides of his mouth like as if these women are on two separate stages and not within 15 feet of each other Carrie says to Christina like he turns his whole body and face to Christina and he's like I do love you with all my heart but you can't make me choose I will choose for myself uh Carrie no (laughs) you don't love her with all your heart if you've been sleeping with somebody else Carrie says now to Heather, like now he fully turns his body and face towards Heather in the opposite direction. And he's like, you have to understand I'm in a predicament where I'm having a child with her. There has to be some type of bond there with the girl that you just said you love with all your heart, (laughs) Carrie. Harry, Harry, Jesus, Heather says, yeah, that's why when she comes over to the house, I don't say anything. Okay. Jerry asks Carrie, like, okay, straight up, who do you want to be with? (laughs) Carrie turns to Heather and he says, listen, we were friends from the start. Basically, it's over. (laughs) Again, there's only so many ways to break up with someone, I guess. Carrie now, like, stands up and walks over. Like, he's obviously going to propose to Christina. But then he has to stop before kneeling to yell at the audience a bit. (laughs) About, I don't know, he's like, you can't talk. How many of you peoples are engaged? I don't see your, I guess he doesn't say that. He says, how many of you peoples have rings on your finger? I bet half of you don't even have a ring on your finger. So you can't fuck with me. (laughs) okay I don't know why and then Jerry this was I think I thought this was Jerry's funniest line of the whole thing he's like just as an aside to the audience he's like it's okay we'll count the peoples later <laughs> so good Jerry's oh Jerry's oh Carrie's proposal I was like Jerry's proposal who's he preparing who's he oh my god I get too excited and I just go too fast and I go faster than my mouth sorry guys Carrie's proposal. Carrie's proposal. I've put you through a lot of stuff and a whole lot of mess. I gave you a lot of heartache and breaks. You've been through everything with me ever since I was little. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. Will you marry me? I thought Christina didn't answer, but she but she's very quietly. She's like, of course. And then she kind of lets him put the ring on her finger. She doesn't look psyched. I can't imagine it's anybody's dream to be proposed to six months pregnant on the Jerry Springer show <laughs> by someone who you know has been sleeping with somebody actively for like a month and a half who's not you. Heather says, how the hell are you going to marry him when he's been sleeping with me? And then Christina and Carrie do like a sloppy kind of kiss and Heather tries to attack them. Carrie's like, don't get mad. And I don't know, Christina tells us that she trusts him. And then Carrie's like, well, if I wasn't going to be faithful, I would have asked her to marry me. All right, (laughs) if you say so. Next, we get 
like the audience question period jerry likes to save his audience like i i do like the format a little bit more of kind of let's collect all these questions again we do have problems with like if you are going to go backwards to somebody we weren't just talking to i would appreciate it <laughs> if uh if you could just remember people's names because it does get kind of confusing but i don't know why i'm telling you guys that because you're not the audience members so <laughs> it's fine uh i don't know audience member says my question is for slim shady <laughs> By which she means Jimmy, who was the first guy. You did the right thing dumping the bush pig. <laughs> kind of rude. And then he has another comment for Carrie. And he says, your old lady looks like she went to donate blood and forgot to say when. Which is kind of a funny burn, but also I actually don't think that's how blood donation works. I don't think you get to choose when you stop. I think they tell you when they have what they need. The next audience member says to Carrie, I think you did the right thing. I think a lot of us need to step up and do that. <laughs> I have to stop and be like, what does he mean? <laughs> do what? She? No, I guess he means like if you get a girl pregnant, you should propose to her. Or maybe he just means not cheating anymore. I don't know. And then he says to Amy, listen, if he doesn't want you, let him go. You're just creating problems for yourself. To which I say, if Amy gave birth in jail, <laughs> then I have a feeling creating problems for herself is probably like her MO. I don't think that's new experience for Ames. Uh, another audience member says, for James, how does Popeye's chicken taste? which got a few laughs, but no response. Another audience member says, Takiva, do all your kids have different dads? And she says, yes. And then the audience member's like, you're a whore. <laughs> okay, that was kind of ridiculous. Kiva just tells him to learn the situation. I mean, I'm sure there is a, I'm sure there is backstory. It's not great, I don't think, to have five babies by five different people. I don't think it was her plan. Anyway, let's put it that way. And then the same audience member chirps. I couldn't tell if it was her suit or her shoe. But uh, either way, it was a valid chirp because they were both shitty. <laughs> um, another audience member says to Jimmy, are you still married to Amy? And he says, yeah, I'm going to marry Lisa as soon as I get divorced from this bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, another audience member says, you said you want to be with James, but you were with Popeye last night, but you claim Popeye doesn't have a job. You can't complain about that because you're still with him regardless. And now everyone chants whore and Popeye sort of grooves to the beat of their chant, which is funny. But honestly, I didn't really understand what that person was trying to say but it was kind of cute how Popeye just started to kind of like throw a little bop in there another audience member says to Amy you need to fix your house up and get a new man which is accurate and then Amy's like you want to help me take care of the kids I take care of not in that house Amy that was disgusting Another audience member says to Amy this one I this was the best question of the bunch they ask Amy what she was in prison for, and Amy says it's none of our business and refuses to say, which I wonder why. Like, if you're up here and you're putting all this shit on stage, I don't know why you wouldn't put that up there, too. I mean, it's she's not she hasn't done anything to make herself look good, so I don't really see how knowing what she went to jail for would make her look worse. Unless she, well, I was going to say unless she murdered someone, but it sounds like she was in and out of jail within... Oh, God, that timeline just confuses the shit. Yeah, any time I tried, it's like that picture with the stairs, crazy stairs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, just, it's like the harder I try to piece it together, the more impossible it becomes. And the last... Okay, I did want to... Sorry, I just wanted to say that I remember, I think it was on Ricky Lake in a previous episode... Uh, somebody else didn't want to say what they were in jail for either. I wonder, 
if there's like a talk show reason that people don't want or there's something that I don't know legally why people wouldn't want to say that an audience member this is the last one to Carrie says how did you go from that to her they seem like complete opposites (laughs) Carrie responds well they seem opposite but they're also exactly the same they both get on your nerves (laughs) it's like you just proposed to Christina like I don't Uh, like I don't know about Carrie I just I don't understand him obviously uh anyway that's it we got our last commercial and we have the final thought now which I did write out verbatim because I feel like it's I don't know the best part I can tell though suddenly that this is not from Jerry I don't think Jerry wrote this it's definitely a teleprompter I don't know why I ever thought that he just had these perfect words in his head in the first place but uh this was obviously on a teleprompter so Jerry says basically I don't know as always is kind of to the people on stage like thanks everyone hope things work out for you best of luck you know we're much better at hearing what we want to hear than that which we don't. If we fall in love with someone and they suddenly say, I love you, well, they only have to say it once and it's a tattoo on our heart, emblazoned on our consciousness. Sorry, I want to pop out of this for a second to be like, I can tell that it's pre-written because first of all, nobody talks like that. <laughs> it's not like we want to hear than that which we don't. That is correct. <laughs> written wise but I've never heard somebody say that or that type of syntax out loud or emblazoned on our consciousness uh and then he says okay so I'm just gonna back up for like one second just to just so we get the full context here uh well they only have to see it once and it's a tattoo on our heart emblazoned on our consciousness how well oh sorry oh my gosh I just did the the same thing almost he did uh (laughs) Jerry pulls a trump here he's like how will we hear those words or how well we hear them (laughs) which tells me that he misread well as well and then tried to correct it without correcting him this is pre-recorded though right like I feel like he could have just done another take I don't know why I don't know why this is one take only or if that was his best one. Anyway, he goes on. But if this person we suddenly love says it's over, somehow we often don't hear that. The words lost in the din of our own feelings. I am 100% sure that I've never heard anyone use the word din in like spoken out loud conversation. He goes on. We don't hear what we want. We We don't hear what we don't want to hear. The message doesn't take. And as natural as this tendency is, it inevitably increases the pain of the breakup. Surely it lengthens it. If a lover has moved on, there's no argument of logic that will bring him or her back. Love isn't an intellectual exercise, nor is it a prize earned by merit. I'm better for him, or I did more for him. He should love me. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. People love who they love, and it isn't rational, and it isn't always fair. Simply put, you deserve to be with someone who loves you because they do, not because you're trying to convince them. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. (laughs) Love that. Signs off. While the credits roll, Steve Wilkos walks. I don't know how long, I don't know how big their stage is. It's like, Steve walks and talks with Popeye through the studio, but it seems like it goes on. It seems like they walk really far. Like, I don't know how the, like how long it goes on uh, or how big the studio is for them to be able to walk so far without leaving it. Um, but honestly, the, I don't know, the, the conversation itself was just kind of boring, <laughs> I guess. It does give us maybe like 500% more information because when we look back at what Popeye really said on stage it was almost nothing like Popeye gave us almost nothing uh but he kind of gives more of the backstory here to Steve Wilkos but it's boring so (laughs) doesn't really matter I don't know it's fine I love Steve and I love Jerry and I love all of you 
Thank you for being here. You can reach me by email at realityrootspod at gmail.com. Please do. If you have any time to rate or review or subscribe, that would really, really help me out. And thank you so much if you've already done that. And as I said, I'm on I'm on face I'm on the Facebook now <laughs> under reality space roots space pod. So you can find me there too and holla at me. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for more of a blast from the past from our daytime past. I should really come up with a better sign-off for this. <laughs> Email me your suggestions. Thanks, guys. I will talk to you next week. Okay, bye.